Good morning, Lansing. It's Saturday, it's 9 a.m., and the pet experts are in the building. This is the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show on 1320 WILS and 1320WILS.com. Now, here are your hosts, Rick Pruce and Lee Cohen. Welcome, pet keepers, to this week's MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. I'm your host, Lee Cohen, here with my co-host, the pet expert himself, Mr. Rick Pruce. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Lee, and today we have an extra guest, hey, not we, a guest, and uh, somebody to contribute like you and I. That's absolutely correct. We've got in the studio Dr. Will Schultz from Schultz Veterinary in Okemos. Uh, welcome, Dr. Schultz. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Oh, our, our, it's our pleasure to have you here because, let's put it this way, I don't know if Rick and I are going to be able to cover this topic because I know he has courage, but I'm a chicken. So, oh man, oh, that was bad. Badly. Oh. Well, come on, if it weren't for bad puns, what purpose might I serve? That's right. So, but uh, today we're going to have a conversation about backyard chickens because have you guys seen what's been going on in the industry of backyard chickens? I mean, these things. I thought puppy were growing a lot, and uh, yeah. I, I suppose I would and have you are. to blame for that one, yeah. but it's nothing compared to what's going on in the chicken category. Right. Lots and lots of people think they can defray the cost of eggs. Chickens also make nice pets. I mean, they, they can be functional pets, but yeah. you have to be aware in counties, townships, um, in subdivisions where you live, if you're not rural, and even if you are rural, you still need to know what you need to do to have chicken in the yard. How do you protect the chickens? How do you protect your neighbors? How do you make sure that you're not spreading diseases or getting diseases in your chicken? And if you ever thought about doing this, uh, listening today, our guest is going to be uh, top shelf, uh, somebody that's been doing it for a long time. 30 years. Way before it became the thing to do. And she will have some just practical advice, suggestions that you won't even think about, but because you had that opportunity to listen, it might kind of at least gear you up to what you're prepared for and whether or not you want to do it. Right. Uh, I, I think you'll, she'll agree. Essentially, everybody should do it, but only if you do it right. And that's kind of our guest is Kim Niblack and a good friend of ours and uh, somebody that's been uh, – Working with goats, chickens, uh, horses. you name it, horses, probably yeah. ducks, all kinds of uh, um, animals that we might think as farm animals. But today, that's a that's a blurred line. Yeah. You know, uh, it, somebody sure in the city is. might definitely think about some chickens, and probably for good reason. We all have children. We all have people that we want to care for and feed. And uh, when well, how much is our egg? I haven't. Bought a dozen eggs. How much is a dozen eggs? Uh, on the low end, you might get lucky and find them for about four bucks a dozen. And I've seen places that have them for ten bucks a dozen, mm-hmm. depending on how choosy you are and, frankly, how much competition there Possibly is. Possibly some empty shelves? Uh, a lot less available in the grocery stores that I've seen. Mm-hmm. But to, to me, Rick, the, the whole caution that I, I put up to people is I understand the temptation when you see the difficulties, the supply chain issues, all of that. But at the same time, this could just be a moment 
And if you get involved with this, it's going to be a lot more than a moment. You're you could be in like for any, a 20-year pet. It's like any animal or pet pet keeping exercise. You know, whether it's a farm animal or a, a pet that you keep in your house next to your sofa. You know, you just need to know what the commitments are. Right. And I think there's nobody that's going to be able to bring that to the table better than Kim Nimblack. I, I completely agree. And to me, that's the big issue that I would like to see is enough people going through and making a wise decision instead of an impetuous decision, mm-hmm. which is something that can happen in a situation like this. Because I admit, the first thing that flashed through my mind when <laughs> I went to the store and saw the price of the eggs. That was there is I thought to myself, man, that's it. I don't care if I do have two dogs at home. I got to find a place to grow my own chickens or I got to give up eggs because yeah. one or the other. And the other thing that's important, too, is it, it is a commitment. And it's like getting a new aquarium or getting getting your um, rodents or yeah. your or, or, you know, a dog, a cat or an iguana or whatever. You have to be prepared for it mm-hmm. and you have to know what your what your ordinances are and what you can do. Well, it's going to be a fun conversation, and you will learn a lot. And I can't promise there won't be more bad puns, but bottom line is that's what you're in for this week on the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show on 1320 WILS. If you're out of the listening area, you can hear the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show live online. Go to 1320WILS.com and click on the Listen Live link. Welcome back to the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show, your number one source for information on taking care of your pets. Here are your hosts, Rick Proust and Lee Cohen. We're back here with the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. And, Rick, we have with us on the line a returning guest. It's Kim Niblack, who is a longtime uh, chicken raiser and an yeah. animal raiser and uh, 4-H person. And just if it deals with <laughs> different animals, she's probably had her hands into them. And joining yeah. us in the questioning, we have Dr. Will Schultz, who is with the Schultz Veterinary Clinic of past and is semi-retired at this point, but uh, something tells me he's going to have an interesting perspective as well. So welcome, Dr. Schultz, and welcome, Kim. Good morning. Thank you. Uh, Kim, to begin with, uh, we want to talk about the topic of today's show, which is backyard chicken raising, because we've had conversations with you in the past going back years, and it was Mm -hmm. always kind of a thing. And and I saw some statistics that showed that it was really growing as the 2010 years were hitting But after the pandemic, uh, I've got a title of an article here from the New York Times that says, forget puppy fever, it's all about the chickens. And and that's where uh, the growth is really occurring. Can you share with the listeners what's going on with chickens? Why is this happening? Well, I think with COVID, when that came around and everybody was at home, um, there was a lot of... uh, interest in keeping the kids stimulated and so chickens were uh, a very good pet to keep the kids involved uh, get them outside um, give them something to interact with because we were all shut down and isolated Um, they're very easy pet to grow Um, they give back to you in numerous ways Um, and now with the price of eggs and chicken poultry um, 
they're up there with the price of gold. So they've become quite a commodity now. Um, I was just thinking, most, uh, send the kids out the backyard and catch the chickens. <laughs> yes, that, that, that's a good way to keep them occupied or send them out to get eggs in that that rooster that acts up every now and then. Yeah, can be chasing them around for some good uh, track exercises. Yeah, I bet you've seen that a bit through, through your years. Um, yeah, I love a, a rooster that's ornery. Um, I've had a few of them in my time, and they're very easy to break when you get over your fear of this little animal coming at you. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, I, I think right now um, all different chicken breeds, I, I, I think the main ones right now that people are focusing on are silkies. And then your productive egg layers, which are your leghorns, which, by the way, are now a rare breed in the United States, Um, believe it or not. Um, We have so many crosses that are very interesting, Um, the black stars, the um, eyes of reds. Um, There's some beautiful birds out there. Um, Any of your farm stores uh, carry very nice, healthy stock. But what I'm also seeing is a lot of people this year on a lot of different websites are raising their own chicks. And in fact, that's what I'm doing this year. My incubator's going strong. Um, Just because the price of chicks has really gone up, also the price of chicken food has gone up, um, which is a little surprising to me. It's not quite doubled, but it's definitely gone up significantly. What about the cost of chicks? Those have gone up also. Um, Right now, I'm seeing prices in the farm stores for some of your basic uh, run-of-your-line birds for $3, $4, all the way up to your fancy breeds, which, you know, will go for $10 or more. Um, You want to find a good website to go to, Greenfire Farm down in Florida. I think it's Montana and Florida is their website. They have birds on their chickens that run for hundreds of dollars for a chick, one chick. Mm -hmm. And they're beautiful, beautiful birds. But that's kind of for uh, specialty. Interesting. Now, when it comes to all of this going on, how do people jump in for the first time and they're spending a lot more money in order to do it? Uh, mm-hmm. Do you think this do is right. do you think this is going to be a longer term trend, or do you think that this is just a flash in the pan? And as soon as egg prices go down, and they don't see on every restaurant in existence that all orders, including eggs, are now <laughs> X number of dollars more, that the, all of a sudden that interest will go down a little bit. Well, I think because of the avian flu wiping out a lot of our poultry, our big poultry farms, along with some of our smaller farms, um, our backyard farmers have had some cases. Um, I, I really don't think we're going to see prices of eggs dropping significantly. It's kind of like everything else once it stays up there. Might have it come down a little, but I think they like to run with that. Well, why don't you uh, um, share the... share with the audience uh, those who might not be familiar with uh, you know how avian flu has influenced the industry sure. and and like from your vantage point, what did you see happen 
as the months and years went through, went by? Well, first off, um, I go all over showing my birds, and that has stopped. It stopped with COVID, and really, I haven't started it up because of the bird flu. Um, so I don't take my birds out to shows. If you take them off your property for any reason, such as going to the fairs and that, you need to be cautious. Um, watch your birds for symptoms, being out with other birds. Um, the avian flu is a migratory flu, so it's carried on our migratory birds. So we've got our birds coming back, going from the southern states up into Canada. And so now is a time where we're going to see more cases of it popping up. So when you think about your coops, it's wonderful to let your birds free range. It's wonderful health-wise in that, but I tell people to be very careful. The easiest way for birds to die is to pick up diseases from wild birds, and unfortunately, um, the chickens in that love the bird seeds. They do get involved with the droppings of the wild birds that way. Um, I really recommend people keep them in a secure run because the biggest predator for your birds are going to be domestic animals, your dogs. Um, dogs, cats, and then you do have your wild animals. But with keeping them with a run that's covered, you can keep your wild, the wild birds out of their feed, out of their pen. Um, like I said, taking them off your property, you want to just be very cautious when you bring them back. Isolate your birds before you put them back in with your, your flock. And the same with bringing new birds and chicks into adding to your flock. Um, you want to look for definite health issues, um, concerns with their eating, how they look, you know, buying them from somebody that has healthy birds. Um, most of the uh, tractor supplies and farm stores that are out there, um, the birds look pretty good coming in. Um, there have been a few times I've seen birds and I've been like, mm, no, I think I'll stay away from that. But for the most part, their birds are very healthy looking. Um, you can get them vaccinated. I don't typically do that. But for your backyard birds, um, any chicks that you pick up, you're going to want to think about how many eggs you want a week. Um, when the birds hit about 35 weeks of age, they will start thinking about producing eggs. And so you want to look at your uh, a family of four, probably three to four chickens or chicks would be appropriate. Um, and then I always add every year, number one, because they're kind of like potato chips. You can't have just one. Um, kind of have to keep adding and refreshing the flock a bit. Um, they can live to be up to a 20 years old. I have a hen right now that's 17. She doesn't lay an egg a day, but she has a very good, wonderful life, and she's a very good broody mom. So how many years do they lay eggs appropriately so that you could feed yourself? Well, they'll lay eggs until they die. But not, but not like the at once they're three or four, they slow down considerably, don't they? They will slow down. My girl that's 17, I'll get an egg about every three days from her. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I know, it is. So when yeah. you get your new chicks in, do you also do like a quarantine for a couple of weeks? Absolutely. The number one, the chicks can't go out with your other flock until they're able uh, to protect themselves and mingle size-wise appropriately. They need to be at least six to eight weeks old, I believe. 
Um, so I keep them isolated until that point, and then you want to slowly introduce them because your flock will have a hard time integrating the new chicks in. There's definitely a pecking order, and they have to find their place in that world. <laughs> Assuming the worst, uh, avian flu maybe, because that sounds like it's, I mean, may, maybe it isn't the worst. Maybe there are other issues. What what steps would you take to isolate them that would be effective so you feel confident that the rest of your flock aren't going to be in trouble if something happens to them? And what procedures do you take as a person to kind of prevent that from happening? If I see a bird that is sick and I look for the respiratory symptoms about this time of year, you'll see actually a nasal discharge, their eyes will swell and they'll start gasping for air. Um, I find by the time you see those symptoms, your whole flock is probably exposed and going to come down with this. Your best bet at that point is to get to a vet and have a vet look your chicken over, diagnose it, determine if it is the avian flu or just a virus that is going through, um, and they will recommend the appropriate antibiotics for them. And your care, the other the other issue, too, is that you have to find a veterinarian that's competent to look at your chicks, too. Yeah, that's the hard part. Um, Cedar Creek is one that I know of around here. I don't know if I'm allowed to say their name. but Yeah, yeah. Um, so they're good. They're, they're awesome avian vets that I know of in the area. Um, we also have a guy, and I don't have this number um, readily available, um, it's I'm not even going to say the name. He goes to all of our uh, chicken shows, and we call him the chicken doctor. He is very, very knowledgeable, even though he is not a veterinarian. Um, he can help you figure out what's going on with your birds. Um, so the people that are not, you know, don't have a vet nearby, um, they can go online to try and find somebody that way. Um, to help them figure out what's now, going on. You don't live nearby here. I think you live in what Tecumseh? Was that right? Yeah, I do. Tecumseh. Yeah. Down there, what? What? Who? Who is your vet? Or do you come all the way up here? I I would go to Cedar Creek. Okay. Um, but I I I the other thing with me too. I I kind of know the symptoms of the avian flu. Um, yeah. versus if I've got a respiratory situation going on or something different. There's a lot of different things that can happen with a chicken. Bumblefoot, um, Backyard Poultry is a wonderful publication magazine that comes out. I think it's bi-monthly. Awesome for beginning chicken keepers to the people that have had chickens for years. Um, wonderful. A gamut of information all the way from, you know, illnesses to the different breeds to what to do with your mega amount of eggs. Um, wonderful, wonderful resource. Um, I will highly recommend it. Now, if you do end up and you do get a diagnosis with flu, do you have to report that to the health department? Yeah, you do. Yeah, and yes, then in most of the commercial places, they clean out and sanitize. How do you prevent it from coming back? You've got to, cleanliness is next to godliness. I mean, you've got to get that, keep that facility clean, and you've got to keep the wild birds out, which in some facilities, um, like I have a great big, huge barn, old barn, and they have half of the barn. 
I've had to go through with hardware cloth and seal up any areas where the barn sparrows and the other birds can get in. Um, That is your best preventative. Keep them away from the wild birds, especially in your spring and in your fall months. Keep them out of your wild bird feeders. They need to stay away from that. That's how they pick up almost all the viruses in that. Um, Kim, we need to take a quick break uh, for a moment. But when we come back, I would like to talk about step-by-step, how would you suggest that people go about this process of starting up or when maybe it might not make sense to start up and and get involved with this, even though we all understand the emotion of $8 a dozen is a lot of money for eggs. (laughs) But bottom line is, sometimes it's just not going to make sense. So we'll have that conversation with Kim Niblack when we return right here on 1320 WILS. It's the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. Here are your hosts, Rick Pruse and Lee Cohen. It's 9.35, and we're back here with the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. And our conversation this morning has been about backyard chickens. And we've got on the line someone who has been raising chickens and and getting new ones and keeping a flock all together. Uh, it's Kim Niblack. And we also have in the studio asking questions about it, Dr. Will Schultz. So, Kim, getting back to the conversation that we were having in the last segment, I had asked the question about when does it make sense for people to do this and when maybe doesn't it? Because right now there's just a lot of people are, I don't want to know what the right word is, I guess freaking out because they're seeing Mm -hmm. where supply lines are not getting all the food items into the stores and the prices are going up and they're asking the question, huh, if I like eggs and chicken as part of my diet, do I need to make sure that I'm going to have them available or do I continue to hope that this problem goes away? Well, it's definitely true. People are very much on the bandwagon for chickens and raising them and the egg production. Um, in my mind, I think every household should have a small pound of chickens. I don't think that hurts. It's good exercise for you and your kids. They're entertaining. But the drawback, too, is you need to be in a spot or live in a, uh, an area that allows chickens. And I think that's a big um, uh, area that needs to be broached in your communities. I know in Tecumseh. They do not allow chickens right now, and a lot of people would definitely, definitely want to change that. Um, Ann Arbor does allow chickens. I think Brighton allows chickens. Um, so there are areas that do. Lansing, um, but Lansing you do, does. Yeah, yeah. Lansing does too. Yeah. Um, you definitely, before you decide you're going to have chickens or not, you need to make sure you're allowed to have them. And a perfect example of that is I had a family call me before Christmas, and the woman was crying so hard I could hardly understand her. Her neighbors turned her in for having 17 chickens in an area that wasn't allowed, and she had to get rid of them immediately. And so I now have 17 of her chickens that she has to come out to my farm to feed and take care of. 
Yeah, the, in um, our area locally, lessons. sorry, in our area locally, the if you are in the county, like Ingham County here, the um, township precedes the county limit. So if the county says you can have chicken, but your township says you can't, you still can't. You can't. You have to make mm-hmm. sure you have to go to all your local governments uh, before you decide to get chicken. And you were men- you were mentioning when you brought that information the, as an example in anywhere in Ingham County, it needs to the the coop or the facility for them needs to be 40 feet away from the home. Yes. Yeah, and one of them it says 40 feet from the house and at least 10 feet from the neighbor's property line. And what mm-hmm. was also interesting that was weird to me was the coop has to be under eight feet tall but cannot be less than six square feet per chicken. They have some very interesting rules. So if wow, you just want to go buy a chicken specific. and throw it in the backyard, you are going to have some issues. Yeah, you have to have to follow the rules for your area. So that's your first step. Um, the next step is figure out what kind of coop you want before you get the birds. A lot of people do it the other way. They get the that's birds right. and then are in trouble. Uh-huh. Um, so get your coop idea, get your coop done. A um, lot of wonderful ideas. My City Chicken is a wonderful website you can go to for many different ideas, all the way from a redneck coop up to these elaborate chicken palaces. Um, <laughs> and, you know, there, there's there's so many fun things you can do. You can buy some very nice coops that are out there. The one thing I recommend is chicken wire is not a very good fencing for your coops. Um, The hardware cloth is going to keep raccoons and possums um, definitely out. You definitely want a roof. I prefer a roof that um, isn't uh, a hardware cloth or netting. I like a a solid roof so that it keeps it a little drier. Otherwise, that area can become pretty muddy. I'm also very fond of sand for bedding. I very much uh, like that. Um, So there are a lot of different ideas you can do, but get that in place, and then you can go get your chicks. When you first decide on your chicks, you've got to figure out what you're going to put them in. And they're little. You need something small with solid walls. So you can do something as simple as a plastic tote. Um, You can do, I've seen a, a kid's swimming pool. That can work also. Um, You can use a cardboard box. Remember, too, they grow very quickly. Um, Within two days, you will have feathers starting to come out on the chicks. And right now, I have chicks that are about three weeks old, and they're jumping all over and all feathered out. And we're getting ready. I'm waiting for the good 60 and 70 degree weather to hit us. That will be just awesome. when they, when you first get chicks, you do need to provide a heat source. They want to really caution people with the heat lamps. They work very well, but they're very dangerous. Right. Um, I have a barn that was built in the 1800s, late 1800s. And so I will not put a heat lamp out there. I do have a heat plate. Um, and I find that works very well as long as you could keep the drafts. You want to keep the sides solid. So the drafts don't hit them. Um, but I've had very, very good luck with that. Um, heat lamps will work, but they need to be very carefully monitored, and they are definitely a fire hazard. Be very, very careful with them. 
Um, the chicks will need to be at at least 94 to 95 degrees for the first week. And then you want to drop the degrees slowly every few days to where it equals the outdoor temperature. Um, so you're going to start at 94, and then after a week, you're going to be down into the high 80s, low 90s. The week after that, stay about in the 80s, and then you can drop it down a little more because they're feathering out pretty quick. Um, chick food is a must. You can get medicated and non-medicated. Um, I prefer the unmedicated unless I see a problem, and a problem will be what we call pasty butt, where they uh, where they poop uh, gets very uh, dried and they crust it up. We got the and image. That's a sign we got the image. Okay, sorry. Wait, tell us more. It, it, uh, well, yeah, it, it, that's the biggest problem with chicks that people don't take care of, and you have to clean it off with a cotton, a wet cotton ball. Otherwise, they can't poop and they'll die. Yeah. Um, it, but that um, is a sign that your birds are stressed. And so when you do go to these farm stores to buy your chicks, that's one thing you're going to want to look for. Make sure they are clean. They're clean. They don't have poop stuck to their butt in other areas. Right. Um, that's a sign of a bird that's going through some issues. Um, the other thing that I love doing is I give them daily yogurt um, in with their chick food. Um, I also put in their water the apple cider vinegar, and I use the one that has the mother culture. I don't use the big, cheaper gallon jugs. Um, I definitely want that culture in it. Um, that is what I do for raising my chicks. We have a bowl in my kitchen sink that is for my birds. And so all waste from the kitchen goes out to the chickens. Um, even the little chicks will start picking at, especially some nice tender greens, strawberries, some fruits. Um, grapes are fun to give give to them. Um, but we have, I'm very proud in our household, we have no garbage pickup. Um, we, the only thing we can't get rid of are batteries. Yeah, my wife and I um, were. Everything. My wife and I were a bed and breakfast um, up in Traverse City area. And when we went to dinner, we brought back leftovers for the next day. And she goes, oh, you brought those for the chicken. And I said, well, yeah, whatever. It's pasta. She goes, oh, no, that's even better yet. And it, it didn't matter what we brought back. The chickens were very, very – we did keep the wine for us, though. But, uh, but, the, but, the, but the rest of it, uh, the chickens made short order of it. The other thing about um, keeping chickens like you do is how do you prevent – wild animals, and which wild animals do you have the biggest problem with getting into your chicken coop? Um, raccoons are buggers. Um, a raccoon will spend a lot of time trying to break into my pens. Um, I have it right now where I think I'm ahead of them, and they, they do manage to about once a year surprise me. Chicken wire, they can reach through, grab a chicken, and pull its head through, its leg through, its wing through. That's why I really do not like chicken wire. I, I really like and prefer the hardware cloth. Mink, for me, are also horrible. Take a break, yeah. and let's talk more oh, about okay. these, these uh, creatures outside the pen that might cause 
a bit too much trouble. Yeah. I, okay. I, we'll hear all about the revenge of the mink uh, because <laughs> bottom line is we're, humans have been after them for a while. So uh, yeah. we're talking with Kim Niblack, and we'll be back right after the break on 1320 WILS. The MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show on 1320 WILS. We're back here with the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. And we've been talking this morning all about the subject of backyard chickens with Kim Niblack. And Kim, uh, before the break, we were talking about some wild animals that they they like to eat chicken. And, and bottom line is, yep. they probably aren't your favorite animals to see in the backyard. So continue no, with that conversation. Yeah, raccoons and I have a love-hate relationship. They're cute, but doggone it, they can cause me problems. Um, Raccoons, once they figure out you have a coop, they will keep coming back to find a weak area to get in. When they find there's no weak area, they move on. So as long as you don't let them in through a crevice, an opening, an uncovered top of a run, um, because they'll climb anything, um, you'll be okay. They'll move on. Um, raccoons will come in and kill like one or two birds a night. So that's how you know you have a raccoon. A mink will typically come in and kill everything and not eat anything. Um, and they, and they, they're, mu- they're much smaller, so they would probably be even harder oh, to keep out. They're very hard to keep out, yes. Um, but I think probably the biggest predator for people are dogs. And especially in your city limits where you are allowed chickens, there are dogs that do get loose. They they run in yards. Um, you know, if your neighbor has a dog and your chicken flies over into the neighbor's yard, yeah, that's probably the end of the chicken. Um, so dogs are a big problem. That's why I really it's wonderful to free-range your chickens. I recommend you don't unless you're there to supervise them like a toddler. Um, when you're home and you can watch them, let them out. Mm-hmm. Um, we have out in this area um, hawks. I've never had a problem with a hawk. Um, what I will typically do, I mean, my run's covered now, but I, what I have done in the past is hang a CD with some fish line uh, periodically through the run, and they blow in the breeze and they, they, they flash a light. Um, with the sun reflecting off them, and that pretty much keeps the hawks away. We also, out in this area, have eagles. And believe it or not, I have had an eagle sitting on the top of my barn trying to figure out how to get in. Um, I don't think in the Lansing area and north of me has too much of a problem with that. Mm -hmm. Um, Cats, I find, are not problems. Um, Most cats back down from the chickens, and a chicken will hold its own with a cat pretty decent. Um, possums are another problem. Um, the one good thing about possums is they don't carry disease. Um, they're wonderful tick eaters. I love them for that. But they can get in and they will eat a bird if they're hungry. Um, so, so if you, you have just, one or two you, birds, you, go you, ahead. No, I was just going to say the biggest thing will be, you know, know your enemy and just right, make right. all gaps, openings, uh, potential, you know, if the door can swing slightly open, you know, get it closed down, yep. something like that. And, and as we were talking like, domestically, too, if you're like in a city limit, you mink may not be an issue, but boy, the raccoons 
all through Lansing, all through East Lansing area around here, uh, they are in all the urban areas. Yep. And they will find a way to get in if yeah. they can. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very good climbers. Now, Kim, um, one, of, one of the things that a lot of people who are a little bit afraid of jumping into this, one of the reasons why is because of salmonella. Talk a little right. bit about talk a little bit about uh, how is that controlled and how big should the fear be of that when it comes to having backyard chickens? Well, I've never had a problem in the 25, 30 years I've had chickens with salmonella ever in my eggs, with me, anything. Um, but I don't kiss my birds, um, believe it or not. Um, especially little kids, they'll see a little chick and want to kiss it on the head. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Uh, we um, wash your hands. Anytime you're done working with the eggs, with the birds, with the feed, with the drop-in, in the coop, you're going to want to use um, good hygiene. So a good washing. I also have specific boots for my barn um, for my chickens. Um, I only wear them there. I don't wear them anywhere else, um, off the property, um, walking anywhere on anybody else's property. They're just my barn boots. Um, salmonella is a nasty disease to get. Um, a friend of mine got it from her chicks because she was using good hygiene. Um, and yeah, it can give you some stomach troubles. It's not fun to have. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a rare situation. You just have to use common sense. You, you don't kiss your birds you, when you handle them, um, which is good to handle them. You need to. Um, but wash your hands after. And I, I don't mean the hand sanitizer. I mean good old soap, hot water, scrubbing. Now, one thing I, I know, like for reptiles, it's the same general concern, uh, a different species of salmonella, but the, the concerns are the same. Mm-hmm. And and. Generally, um, it seems to be most problematic for children, let's say under five. Is that the same? Yes. Is that the same warnings that you hear in the in the chicken industry? Except for my friend that got it was my age, so sixty. Well, yeah, it's kind of like the the very young, the older, and then the immune compromised. Yeah. But even if, but the, your friend lived through it, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's curable, treatable. Uh, antibiotics. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a bacterial infection, yeah. um, and the chickens carry it. They, it, it's it's there. You just assume it is. Yeah. Um, use common sense. Um, the chickens live with it just fine. Um, there's no signs or symptoms or any problem with the chickens that way. Um, but it's just something that can be transmitted to humans. Okay, good. And when you um, pick up your eggs each day, do you wash the eggs mm-hmm. when you bring them in? Do you refrigerate your eggs? No, and yes. Um, how's that for an answer? Yes. Um, when I collect my eggs, um, I keep my nest box very clean. I use um, some dried herbs and straw, and when I see, it, probably once a week at least, I'm changing all of that out in the nest box or where they lay. They don't always go in the nest box. Um, as long as my eggs are clean, and I mean they're spotless, um, I do not refrigerate them. I do a lot of baking in my house, and so I like a room temperature egg to use. After they're three days old, they then go into the refrigerator to 
Um, be used for, you know, anything I want that way. Hard-boiled eggs are very good for your older eggs. A farm-fresh egg is very hard to peel, especially a one that just comes from the coop. Um, over in Europe, eggs are not washed or refrigerated. Um, eggs that... Uh, and that means your coop has to be very, very clean, which it should be. That's where the animals are living. You're eating produce from this area. So you want to keep it as high a grade as you possibly can. In my county, we can sell eggs, but they have to be room temperature and unwashed because when the egg comes out of the chicken, it is wet and evaporates very quickly to a bloom. It's what we call a bloom on it. And the eggs are very, very porous. This bloom seals it. It's like a wax. And so when you wash an egg, you want to use water that is warmer than the egg. If you use cold water, anything on the surface of that egg will be pushed inside. Warm water will clean the surface of the egg and not push things into the what you're going to be eating. Um, but that bloom protects the egg. If you wash it off, you lose that protection, and it must be refrigerated then. Right. I, yeah. I remember when I was a kid, we grew up in like the Amish country down in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and it was not... Not not an. I, I, it was kind of a foreign idea when we moved elsewhere to refrigerate eggs or to, um, yeah. you know, they, they were just treated much differently. But now it's an industrial product that has to be handled differently. Yeah. And and the other thing you were talking yeah. too is about selling in one of the. And I had looked at the Meridian Township zoning here. It says maximum of four chickens or rabbits in your yard, and that you cannot sell the chickens or the eggs or. Or if you raise chickens, you can't sell that either. So you have a lot of things you need to look at when limits. you decide to do that. Yeah. Well, well, the other thing that I want to bring up to people while we're talking, so that especially people that are new to poultry, you need to understand when you go in to buy your chicks, a cockerel is a baby chicken that's a rooster or a boy. A pullet Good call. is a female hen, a, a young female chicken. So those that can't have roosters stay away from a straight run, which is you have no idea what you're getting. Could be boy or girl. Well, well, we're you want to stay away from your cockerels. Yeah. Well, we're, we're mm-hmm. Good information. We're going to have to leave it on the sexing of a chicken. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> wow. Well, Kim, thank you so much for all of the information. It's been great. Awesome job. Yeah, we've been speaking. Oh, thank you. We've been speaking with Kim Niblack, and uh, we could continue with this for a long time. People love chickens. Oh. But yes, uh, unfortunately, we are out of time. So on behalf of our producer, Bruce Warner, Rick Pruce and Will Schultz here in the studio. This is Lee Cohen. Talk next weekend on the Mid Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show.